Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Right, God doesn't lift us up to, to look down on others. Every one of us in this room, and I want you to hear this, as God lifts us up, God said, take somebody with you. Take somebody with you. As you begin to have victory, where are you struggling at? As God begins to give you victory over your struggles, don't look down on someone that's where you were. That's now, now you're equipped to pull them, take them with you. I want all, God wants all of us to be in victory, amen? God doesn't want me gloating over my victory over you and your failure. God's like, I helped you out. Could you tell him how to do it? Has the Lord delivered you from past failures or trials? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he shares with you that God is faithful to deliver and to help you get out of the pit. What areas of difficulty within your life thus far has the Lord helped you to overcome? Pastor Bill encourages you to help others to have the same tools that you needed to overcome your trials. Extend a helping hand and the wisdom that God has given to you to help lift others out of their pit. Always keep shining the light of Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians chapter 5 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I think what, what God, when he told his disciples, you a little faith, it's like, you guys, you guys know, you know, you, by this time you should be knowing, you should know who I am. I, you should have peace because of who I am. You know, I'm, you know it's going to be okay. You know I'm going to take care of you. And so, again, it's, it's the peace of God. We also believers have peace with God, but this, the, 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 the fruit of the spirit, this peace is the peace of God that, that should rule and reign the heart and the life of the believer. Next on the list is long suffering. These are dual words. So we are just saying plainly, it'd be some suffering for a long time. And so some people can put up with something for a little while. You know, long suffering is kind of like what the Bible says that God is long suffering towards us. And that means that for those of us that have, you know, Maybe God's been patiently waiting on you to get it, for you to come along. How long does God suffer with you? For many of us, we could look and say, God suffered a long time. It's, it's taken me quite some time to get where things needed to be. He's long suffering towards us. And so there's a, the idea is forbearance or patient endurance of wrong under ill treatment. You know, I mean, you may be mistreated for a long time. This may be someone that's in a bad marriage, but they're walking with the Lord. Are you long suffering? This could come into play with family relations where it's like, man, I've been dealing with this person my whole life. And God says, well, the fruit of the spirit is long suffering. Could you suffer a little longer with them? Right. When does long suffering end? When does it run out? It doesn't. It's a a fruit of the spirit. Guys, I'll enable you. I'll enable you to be like me and I will suffer long. How long? Long enough. Until, until, until you don't have to suffer anymore. Uh, To whatever have to happen, happen, but long enough. How long does God suffer with us? Long enough. And God says, that'll be a fruit of my spirit in your life. Do you have that? This is what happens if you don't have that. You have a trail of relationships that you just quit. You just cut people off. I'm not going to be long suffering. I'm going to not deal with you anymore. Goodbye. You know, and so as a Christian, that's in the world. That's the best you can do. You know, you get on my nerves. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Call me. Block your number. But as a Christian, God is saying, no, I want you to be like me. I want you to suffer long. And, and you, know, you may endure hardship for a long time with the people that I still want you to love them, still want you to be gracious and patient with them. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to enable you to be it. Here's the thing. As I look at these things on this list, I can say, God, you did it for me. Now, the thing that you did for me, you want to do through me for someone else. 
You agape love me. Lord, you love me when I was unlovely. Now you want to love other unlovely people through me. You have joy when things are difficult. Now you want me to have joy no matter what. God, you have peace in every circumstance. Now you want me to be peaceful no matter what. You were long suffering with me and now you want to through me. Have me suffer along with other people. Are you yielded to the Lord in that way? Can God do that through you? Um, he wants to. And God says, this will be the fruit of the spirit of God ruling and reigning in your life. Um, that you'll be along. You'll be long suffering. That that characteristic will be a part of who you are. The next one on the list is kindness. And it's it's it, it has the idea. Of, it's kind of funny because kindness and gentleness come back to back. They're almost the same words. There's a there's a slight variation um, kindness is really gentleness and it's it's best explained in you know you, if, you, if you look in the gospel that Jesus attitude toward the children saying tough for not the little kids to come unto me um, just allowing for them to come there was a, there was a, a kindness a, a gentleness to that when you look at the word goodness the idea under goodness is it's a kindness that's done to other people. It's, it has this action. And I think we would see that in the story of the Good Samaritan where the Good Samaritan you know, went to the guy that was beat up and left for dead. And he didn't just feel sorry for him, but he was led to action and he did something about it. And so if kindness is more of an attitude, goodness is active. You know, kindness is, you know, attitude towards people that maybe everybody else is annoyed with kids. But Jesus said, no, 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 suffer them to come unto me. You know, I got enough patience and love for the kids, too. Um, and maybe some of you parents, you need some of that. <laughs> you need the Holy Spirit to work that in your life. And then again, goodness is it's active. It's goodness shown to other people that does God working in your life in such a way the spirit moving you to do good to others. That, that goodness is flowing through your life. Again, as I look at the story of the Good Samaritan, it's a great example of that, that this guy went over and above to take care of someone that he, he just met that day that was in great need. But God says, that'll be something that I work out in your life. There'll be goodness that flows from your life to other people as you're yielded to me, as, as you're walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Um, the next thing on the list is faithfulness. Faithfulness is fidelity that is produced in the life of a yielded believer by the Holy Spirit. Just someone just faithful. Uh, fidelity, you think of fidelity in a marriage, someone's faithful to their marriage. Uh, as a believer, this, you know, this it's a characteristic. Some people are just faithful that you know they'll be there you know when they'll be there so for for those of us that you know we look at our lives god am i a faithful person am i can people count on me if there's an expectation for me to be somewhere am i the kind of person that people know oh i know he'll be there or are you the kind of person that they're like i don't know it's a 50 50 chance maybe maybe not you know um that's faithfulness it's a it was a characteristic of christ he was faithful everything he was supposed to do he did where he was supposed to be he was what the father expected of him, desired. Jesus said this, his own testimony. He says, I do always those things that please the father. Now, it's a great, none of us have that testimony. I, you know, I, I love, I read it. I think, man, what, what a great testimony. I always do the things that please the father. Again, none of us have that testimony, but um, are we faithful people? You know, or can, can you be counted on? If you take on a task, if you take on a responsibility, are you faithful? Um, because one of the things God says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, one of the ways that God's spirit will work in our lives is that we'll become faithful people. Um, I find this, too, as you look at each one of these fruits, in order for you to not have these fruits, that means you got to work against the work of the spirit in your life. If you're going to be unfaithful, that means you got to be quenching, grieving and, and fighting against the Holy Spirit to say, no, go be what you said you're going to be. You're going to be unloving. You got to battle with the Holy Spirit to say, I want you to love them. No, I don't. I don't like them. You got to fight God to achieve, you know, not having these things in your life. It's as you yield to the Lord that these things are going to flow. Faithfulness. 
And so are you faithful? Are you can you be counted on? Is that would people describe you as this kind of person? Next on the list is gentleness. And it comes from a word that's the idea of it is mildness, um, meekness in dealing with other people. And so, you know, when I think of gentleness, you know, I think of someone that's kind of tender and, and they're gentle with how they care for, for other people. When you think of, you know, things you might handle with care, fragile items, you handle them a different kind of way. You know, I handle a, a thin glass cup different than the way I handle a wrench. You know, I was, had a wrench the other day and then when I done, I just tossed it on the concrete and it went clank. You know, but it's a wrench. It's going to be OK. I can't break it. It's all, you know, metal or whatever. There are other things that you're just a little more tender, a little more gentle with. You know, um, I'm handling a little bitty baby. You know, you just a little more gentle. I got sensitive heads. And so you hold their heads and you're gentle with them. Different than I do with a teenage boy. I wouldn't be cradling a teenage boy like a like a like a two month old. You know, those are two different things. And so God says, look. One of the characteristics that I work in the, the heart and the life of the person that's yielded to the spirit is gentleness. And it's the idea, again, it's meekness in dealing with other people that that I'm not going to be rough with folks, but there'll be a meekness about it. Um, meekness is power under control. Doesn't mean I won't be forward. Doesn't mean I won't be straight up. Doesn't mean I won't. But I'm not going to be crass and harsh in my dealings with other people, that there'll be a gentleness in how we're handling one another. And so next, and this is a big one, self-control. And this is the definition here is, is, is possessing power, having mastery or possession of, of oneself. And so um, it's used in 1 Corinthians 7 of sexual desire, having control of that. It's used in 1 Corinthians 9.25 of a, an athlete that brings his body under subjection so that he can train for the events that are coming up. But God says one of the fruits of my spirit, one of the fruits of the spirit in your life will be self-control, which will evidence itself in a lot of ways. That's been one for me recently I'm, I'm working on. You know, I'm like, all right, God, there's, there should be self-control in every area of my life. You know, me and somebody else, we're, 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 on, a, we're on a workout slash eat right program. I'm like, I have to make it spiritual. I'm like, all right, God, this is, I can. Same, the same spirit that enabled me to not drink anymore, not smoke anymore, to not do a lot of other things, that this is another area where I have to exercise discipline. I have to exercise. So it's there, but I have to exercise. I have to let that fruit be yielded in my life. And so, um, but God says, this is it's there. I, I'll bring this forth in your life. And so it's another fruit of God's spirit ruling and reigning in a person's life. This person will be disciplined. They won't be out of control, but they'll be self-control. Uh, there'll be the ability to put the flesh in its place, that the flesh isn't dominating, the flesh isn't ruling and reigning this person's life, but the flesh is put in its place. It's in check. They have self-control. And so as, you, as we end this list, it says, against such, there is no law. And here's the idea. As you look at all these fruits, guys, this will be the fruit of what I bring forth. In your, if you yield to me, all of these things I'll bring forth out of your life, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God says, this will all come out of your life. And, and against us, there is no law. As he's been arguing why we don't need to, we're not under the law. He said, look, if you just live like this, you wouldn't be breaking the law anyway. The law, and so it's not for us to focus on not keeping laws. God said, you would just let my spirit reign. You would just yield to the spirit of God that wants to rule and reign in your heart and life. You would live a life that's above what the law requires anyway. This, this will bring you so far above, right? If I'm, if I'm yielding to the spirit and I'm walking in kindness, do I got to worry about being a murderer? No. If the spirit is just yielding self-control, do I, I got to worry about being a drunkard or sexually immoral? No, like 
these things bring me well beyond the don't do. I'm so busy, you know, flourishing in these things, these fruits that it puts you so far above what the law required. And so God said, that's why I'd rather my children be. I don't want you guys living by a rule book where you're like, okay, I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't. He said, would you just yield to the spirit? Would you let my spirit just rule and reign? And as these fruits, this, this will be the fruit, the evidence. You'll be this kind of person. The law will be so far behind that. Where you won't be sitting there saying, well, well is this too far? Can I do this much? I'm, I'm way on this side of the fence. Doing the stuff God is bringing forth out of my life. And do you see the difference between what God wants? And God said, I don't want a legal relationship with you. I want it to just flow. I want, it's a supernatural thing that God wants to do. God said, I want to, you've been born again of the spirit of God. God's spirit lives in you. And God says, as you yield now to the spirit of God that lives in you, I'm going to bring forth all these fruits. You're going to be a different kind of person. You won't be like you were when you weren't saved. You know, it'll be evident that something has taken place inside of your life. You won't be the same. You can't be the same. And so it's always bothered me when I would see someone that's like, I've been in church for 20 years. I'm like, no, you're the same. You haven't changed. You still do the same stuff. You still disobey God on a regular basis. You still run and rampant. You still do everything you did when you weren't. You're better at sin. You ain't saved. Like, like it troubles me because I just see in church culture that there's a lot of in church. Some people, as long as you go, I go to church. I know the lingo. I know what to say. You know, and I go Sunday and then the rest of the week I do what I do. Um, as I'm reading scripture, I'm, I'm realizing that what God says, the work that I'm going to do is going to pervade your entire life. You'll be a different kind of man. You'll be the, I'm still Bill Buffington. I still got the same face, but you won't be the same. I'm doing something from the inside out. You're going to be brand new. And that's the work that God wants to do in every single believer's heart. Again, when you look at it being a work of the spirit, it's not some legalistic, harsh, you know, I got to work really hard. It's as I yield. Right. How do I get this life? How do I how do I become this way? Do I work really hard to bear fruit? No, that's the cool thing. Right. When you think of it, Jesus could have used anything he wanted. He used fruit. You know why? Because fruit just fruit just bears, you know, a fruit tree just bears its own kind of fruit. They don't work to do it. They just do it. Um, you just you plant the right seed in the right area. And this is the natural product of that tree. The natural product byproduct of you and I just living in the spirit, yielding our lives to Christ. This will be the byproduct. And like I said before, you have to fight against God to hold this back. But as you just yield to God, you'll be a more loving person because that's what God's going to lead you to be. As you yield to God, you'll be a more peaceful person. You'll be a more joyful person. You'll be a kinder person, a gentler person. There'll be goodness and kindness. You'll be a more self-controlled person because those will be the things that the Holy Spirit is working on you from the inside out to become. And as you yield to him, you'll become that person more and more and more. And here's the cool thing. When you get done, God doing all this work in your life and you're a whole new different kind of person, will you be proud and arrogant? You'll be humble. What will you tell people when they say, what changed? You just have to give all the credit to the Lord. God's been working on you from the inside out. You didn't pull up your bootstraps one day and make a decision and work real hard. God, no. you, God's been working in my life and you give the credit to the Lord. And here's the cool thing. When you credit things to God, it gives hope to the person that you're telling that to. If I tell you, how did you do that? I. Then you might look at me and say, man, I don't think I have what he has. You know, he's even more, he has something I don't have to be able to do that. But if I look at you and I say, man, the Lord, you know, I was a mess. The Lord helped me. The Lord strengthened me. The Lord changed my heart. Man, invite him in. He will do the same thing in your life. That There's hope in that because God is the same yesterday, then, forever. He didn't have any favorites. So if God did it in my life. He'll do it in your life as you yield to him as well. Amen. And so 
Let's look at the, the last two verses here. He says in verse 24, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Those who are Christ, those who belong to Christ, they have crucified the flesh with his passion. We've died with Christ that he might live his life through us. And notice that it says those who are Christ, who did the crucifying of the, our flesh? Look at what it says. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Who does the crucifying? You do it. I want you to note that because you are responsible. God, I don't want to take, I don't want you walking out and say, I just got to do nothing but just let the spirit do his thing. No, you're going to crucify the flesh. And I want you to note when you look at crucifixion, it is, that's the worst death you can see. Um, it's laborious, it's painful, it's difficult. And so anybody here that maybe you looked at some things in a list of the works of the flesh, and maybe you're looking at the, the, the fruit of the spirit and realize I'm lacking in some areas. God said, look, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. And I had to, in preparing this to share with you guys, I had to be honest before the Lord. There are areas that as I go through this list, God said, Bill, you need to crucify that. You need to crucify that. I'm already, I'm at work inside you. You're just not yielding. You need to crucify that. You need to die to that. And it'll be your energy. It'll be your, you're going to make a decision about what you're going to do with that. I'm not taking stuff away. You're going to give some stuff up. And so there's a part that we play in yielding to the Lord. Those who belong to Christ, they crucified the flesh. Here's the thing. God said, I'm going to give you the power to do it. But you got you to gotta be willing. You got to step up. If I say I want that gone, I want you to take steps for that to be gone. I'll strengthen you to do it. But you're going to crucify aspects of the flesh. And so for anybody here that's reading this and saying, you know what, there's maybe even the Holy Spirit's already knocking on some doors and saying, I want this gone. I want to transform this area of your life. You know, he forgave you already. You know, he's received you already. You know, he's going to receive you. In the, you know, you belong to the Lord. But guys, I want this to give it up. Crucify it. And again, crucifixion is brutal. So it's, you know, the flesh dies hard. Amen. Anybody that's ever had to let something go or give up some area of the flesh, the flesh dies hard, but it does die. It does die. And so he says, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. This is what he means, right? If we live in the spirit and that word, if is better said since everybody, if you're a believer, it's not if you live, since you live in the spirit. And that's how we live. We're born again of the spirit of God. We're made alive by the spirit of Christ inside of us. And so since we live by the spirit, he says, then let us also walk. Living in the spirit, God did that. God forgave you. God came to take up residence in you and God lives through you by the Holy Spirit. But God says now, since he does that for you, now would you choose to walk in it? And the walking is a part that I got to yield. Walking is, is consistent, steady, forward progress. And so walking in the spirit for you and I means that God, I'm going to walk in step with what the spirit is saying. And as you convict me, I'll change. As you lead me, I'll go. Um, as you show me things, God, I'm going to submit and yield to everything that you show me that I'm going to walk in the spirit. And so it's a progression. It's a day by day thing. Um, it's not a one time thing. You know, we're not going to call people forward. You have some one time Holy Ghost power and smack you down with the Holy Ghost. That's what people want to believe. But I, I'm telling you that this is a daily walk. You got to wake up tomorrow and choose to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you don't do that, it don't matter what kind of theatrical thing we put on for y'all here. I could knock y'all over to all over the aisle. I've seen videos of dudes throwing coats and knocking everybody over. 
What that do for you on Monday morning when you at the office and it's getting thick? I need the Holy Spirit. I need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit then. And so that's what it's going to be to walk in the spirit as you walk in it. And I, I want I want to challenge us to test this theory as you decide, as you say, God, I choose to yield to you. Whatever you're going to show me, I'm telling you that your relationship with God is going to be more intimate and your ability to hear from him is going to be clearer as you do this. As you say, God, would you speak to me, be it through the word, be it through, you know, you may speak to my heart. You may speak to me internally by the spirit, maybe leading me to do things. God, I'm going to submit to yield more than I have before, that I might hear you clearer, that I might be closer with you and that there might be more of you coming forth out of my life. I'm going to yield. Uh, and I would just encourage all of us this week that we would we would just choose to walk that way. God, even the rest of Sunday. Lord, help me to get myself in this mode. I want to begin to be yielded to you. I want a more intimate relationship with you. It's available to every single person here. God will take us further. He will take us deeper. We will know him better. We will hear him with greater clarity as we yield to him in this way. In the last verse, 26, he says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Interesting thing. As we're looking at all these things, the fruit of the spirit of my life and yielding to God in a greater way and, and, you know, walking in the spirit as I'm living in the spirit. He says, now, as you get there, let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. And one of the worst things that can happen as people begin to walk in spiritual victory is that they begin to be filled with spiritual pride. And so God says, don't become conceited. Don't ever don't you believe that it's you. God, God said, I'm going to do great things. If you live like this, your life's going to be changed. I'm going to do great things in you, but please don't, don't buy the, don't read your own press. Don't start believing that it's a work of you. Just be humble. Be humble in victory. Be humble in, as God does great things in and through you, be humble. Give him all the glory. Not in a fraudulent faith, you know, this guy just got all the glory, you know, first giving honor to God, you know. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying in, in reality, God, I know that without you, I'm nothing. And I know that me without you is carnal, fleshly, and wicked. But look at what you've done with my life. I credit you with it, Lord. And I believe that, and I mean that. And when I say that to other people, I mean it from my heart. God, you did this for me. You're empowering me. You're enabling me. And so then I don't look down on my brother who's not there yet. And I don't look down on my sister who's just getting started. But I look to them, and I'm like, Lord, how do I pull them up? And that's the very next thing he goes to in chapter 6. And we're not going there today. But he's going to say, what do I do? How do I pull other people up with me? Right. God doesn't lift us up to, to look down on others. Every one of us in this room. And I want you to hear this as God lifts us up. God said, take somebody with you. Take somebody with you. As you begin to have victory, where are you struggling as God begins to give you victory over your struggles? Don't look down on someone that's where you were. God said, now, now, now you're equipped to pull them, take them with you. I want all God wants all of us to be in victory. Amen. God doesn't want me gloating over my victory over you and your failure. God's like, well, I helped you out. Could you tell him how to do it? Could you tell him what I did in your life? Could you help him get where you are? Because because that would glorify me more if both of y'all were in victory. And so, um, so I, I'm, I'm challenging us as a church, as individual believers, one that we would yield to God, that he would have more of us. And as he does and we begin to have victory and we begin to exemplify the character of Christ better than we have been that we start looking out for other people that we can take along with us because God will be pleased with that. God will be pleased as he strengthens you and you find someone else that's struggling. You take them and you say, let me let me lovingly, graciously, patiently take you with me. And we're going to both get there. We're going to we're going to both be better in God. 
that will please God. That'll make this a church that God would look and say, I'm pleased with the work that's happening in this place. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul fought against the Judaizers who were trying to make the Galatians follow the Old Testament law after they had been saved. Paul presents an eloquent and passionate argument about the purpose of the law and the finality of being saved through God's grace. In chapter 5, verse 1, he says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul reminds the reader over and over that when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he had provided for our salvation once and for all. There is nothing else we need to do to be saved. There is nothing else we can do to add to our salvation. It's all been done for us by Jesus. Thanks for joining us today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been making his way through the book of Galatians, and together we're learning so much about God's incomprehensible grace. God's grace is so amazing that it's a message we have to share with the world, and you can join us. We have two ways for you to give. There's online giving on our website, calvaryinglewood.org, or once you're on the website, you can download the mobile app and give from there. Once again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, check out all the great resources we put together for you, including our daily Bible reading plan. Well, we're coming to the end of our time for you today, but don't worry, we'll be back again. Be sure to join us next time for another great message right here on A Transforming Word.